Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 382, covering Vaulting Ambition, with Caitlin Purdy. But uh, we got to spend a lot more time in the mirror universe first. So mm-hmm. at least Caitlin is here to help us through what is apparently the shortest episode of live action Star Trek ever recorded. It sure fucking is. So that's interesting, right? Something. Yeah. Yeah. So hey. welcome back, Caitlin. Yeah. Thanks. Hello. Hi, guys. Good to have you. I, the, the first, the most important question is uh, we, we have to get to before we get to Anything else? Who is the Seven of Nine of Discovery? Ooh. Don't mean to put you on the spot there, but gotta know. Um, I would say the Seven of Nine, like, for me, I don't want to uh-huh. say that it's the same for everyone. Sure, of course. I would definitely be Tilly. Hmm. For me, mm-hmm. because... Interesting choice. I mean, she's still developing her confidence, but she's getting mm-hmm. there. Uh, right. And... She is capable of extreme badassery, and right. she is smart as fuck. So I would say, yeah, she has all the qualities that I admire in Seven of Nine developing mm-hmm. in her youthful little redhead. Huh. That is that is not the answer I would have expected, but it's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this as I as I mentioned, this is the shortest episode of live action Star Trek ever. Like you got to qualify it because the animated series is a thing. But yeah, of all, of all the hour long Star Treks, clocks in at thirty eight minutes. Like and w- and will it be the shortest episode of Pa? Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> I doubt that. There's there's a lot to talk about because you know mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to yell about. Also, you know, we wrote words to say. That's true. And to that end, Caitlin, why don't you tell us what happens in Vaulting Ambition? There's a lot of vaulting. Uh-huh. Very little and ambition. ambition. <laughs> All right. So in vaulting ambition, Burnham and Captain Lorca head over to the Shenzhou in their mirror universe party pants under the farce of Burnham returning from secretly hunting Lorca. On the way, she gives him a sedative to help with the agonizers. And he makes oddly creepy statements about his faith in her. Meanwhile, Tilly and her mirror hair uh, are experimenting on the comatose Stamets, who is stripping balls in the Spore universe with his evil twin. Evil Stamets attempts to show delightful Stamets around the weird, trippy, mycelial network land. So there's something wonky going on, chasing them around, and damn, this show is really pretty. As Burnham takes Lorca to the Emperor, we get to see the Queen herself, Captain Georgiou, again. Except she's nothing like the Giorgio we know. She's evil, and it's pretty damn good. She throws the smack down on Lorca and damns him to the agonizers, punishment for his vaulting ambition. Uh-huh. She then turns to Burnham and says a bunch of nice things and then strokes her face, and there's something really murderously crazy behind her eyes. Poor Michael tries to keep her shit together, but she really wants to cry. Back on Discovery, Lieutenant Ash Tyler is also tripping balls and having some violent freakouts while screaming in Klingon. So he's doing super. <laughs> in an effort to save his life, acting Captain Saru asks Laurel for help. She kind of sort of explains what they did to Lieutenant Ash Tyler and says some cryptic Klingon bullshit and refuses to help at first, but is later convinced when she sees the evidence of his overwhelming insanity as the two buff dudes inside of one sappy dude start tearing apart. 
She says something gross about how only her hands can tend to him. Uh, and then they do some cranial massage while praying together, which ends in Laurel. Laurel getting really sad and really mad because all of this work for nothing. <laughs> On the Shenzhou, Michael bullshits her way through an intensely delicate dinner scene with Giorgio. Every word has 10 meanings and every action more. We learn more about their connection and Giorgio kicks it up a notch by sentencing Burnham to death. But at least she tells her she loves her, so that's nice. <laughs> Before Michael is killed by her mommy's own hands, she gets she hits Giorgio with the truth of her identity. So the Emperor makes the only decision she can. She fucking kills everyone in the room except Michael and one assistant, like the dark queen she is, and goes off to conspire with Michael. Back in Tripping Ball's land with Stamets, Handsome Hugh turns up, but gosh darn it, he keeps running away. Stamets chases him into their quarters where they hang out and play for a minute, and Hugh explains to Stamets that he is, in fact, dead. They spend a few minutes brushing their teeth and playing pretend, and we get to see a nice smooch, and then Stamets is able to wake himself up. Unfortunately, evil Stamets is also able to wake up. As Michael and Giorgio share more about one another's universe, they come to the realization that Michael's Lorca and Giorgio's Lorca are the same Lorca. Yikes. Simultaneously, Lorca breaks out of his agonizer and murders a guy with some future defibrillator paddles. Yeah, so Yay. That's, that's the final twist we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing like we've been reluctant to discuss because spoilers, and so yep. now all of it. The has, final has and later. worst twist. So I don't think I don't think we need the spoiler section anymore. It's all yeah. spoiled. Yep. Yeah, and boy, is it dumb. Mm-hmm. 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 I do not care for it. Kayla, what do you what do you think about all that? The the Lorca being from here. I don't wanna certainly don't want to speak for you. I think it I think I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Um I love that character. I love his complexity mm -hmm. and his layers and his uh, manipulative habits. And um mm -hmm. I would love for that not to just be explained away by one piece of information. Yeah. Yep. It really, I mean, we've said this a million times in the spoiler section since we started this show, but what a waste of a great character. Yeah, yeah it really is. To just he's... boil him down to one thing, and it's, I'm the bad guy. Also, he's from, there's, oh, there's so much to unpack here. Mm -hmm. He's, so he's from the evil universe where everyone is evil. There's no, like, excusing anything he's done. Yep. And then also, they don't like to look at light. Mm-hmm. Because what? what? It's darker. It's 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 physically darker in the mirror universe. Okay, and again, we don't fixate too much on continuity here. We don't care so much about that unless it's a big thing. But we've been to the mirror universe mm -hmm. fucking fifty times, and it's never come up before. Now I read on Memory Alpha that they were like, "Oh yeah, no, a lot of the ships are darker in the mirror universice. We've seen that before, and also yeah, Archer has seen e evil Archer has seen to squint a lot. I'm like, mm, he's a squinter. He's a squinter. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Bacula, man. Yeah, that's that wasn't evil Archer. That did, was. Did, did you not notice all the squinting regular Bacula does? Yeah, in the other ninety six episodes that weren't in the Mirror Universe. Old squints Archer. Yeah, as as he probably was known. Uh huh. It just uh, it's so it's so dumb. It's so it, on the nose. Which, yeah. And uh, Caitlin, you said you like this Mirror Universe stuff, and and we are always legit interested to hear from people who don't just 
parrot our opinions. So uh, talk about that. What do you what do you like about all this? Um, well, I don't like everything about it. Like what I would say is I don't like everything they do with it, but I like mm-hmm. um I like the intensity of this mirror universe. I like the way that everyone's dressed. I think that in the past, the mirror universe has been really off-putting to me because it's like just gross. And well, there is a sexuality thing to it that they've definitely toned down. We talked about that when you were on for the, uh, what was it? The Mirror Universe episode of uh, Oh, that's Enterprise. right. Yeah, you were on for the previous yeah, one. Yeah, I yeah, about that. yeah. And I, I like this Mirror Universe more because I feel like it's just doesn't, it doesn't make me as angry and it's a lot more badass and yeah. less just like, here's a bunch of midriffs and we're all yelling at a Vulcan lady. There's okay, definitely a lot less gross sex in the mirror universe this time Yeah, that's around. that's definitely a thing. Like the the outfits are sexy in a different way. They're not exploitive sexy. They're just yeah. kind of you know like tough sexy, which is kind of cool if you're into that. I'm personally not into it, but I definitely see that case. But it's it it stands by my theory that the emperor picks whatever the hell the uh, the the uniforms are are to go with their particular standards. Oh yeah, and speaking speaking of uh, the emperor, Matt, let's let's do your um. Let's do your second thoughts, because you have, when they introduce Giorgio, they've got this this wonderful title that they give her, and uh, you had yeah, some I, thoughts about that. I had some, uh, I, I, I had a tough time thinking, getting any second thoughts this time, because all my thoughts have been, uh, are pretty straightforward on this one. Uh, but I did roll, I did roll out this little speech on, uh, on uh, the Emperor and her many, many titles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All hail her most imperial majesty, mother of the fatherland, overlord of Vulcan, dominus of Kronos, Regina Andor, former owner of Ferenginar until a better deal came along, captain of the evil royal guard, master player of Monopoly, ravager of Romulus, and slayer of the last evil space vampire, daughter of the fifth house of Betazoid, holder of the sacred chalice of Rix, heir to the holy king... Holy Rings of Beta Z, photographer of Spider Man, King <laughs> Under the Mountain, first of her name, Lord of the Dance, last of her name, Speaker of the House, Mas- Keeper of the Inn, Skin of Evil, Boxcar Children, All Hail Philippa Georgiou, Augustus Gloop, I- I- Eponius Centaurius. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> the third. I would clap if it wouldn't break everyone's headphones. That that felt like um that felt like an old bit we used to do with a with a terrible haunted house where we mm-hmm. would just list a bunch of stupid things for ten minutes. Oh, if you want, I can do it in the uh, yeah. <sighs> I'll hail her royal majesty, I guess. The thing is that the first three or four you listed there, you know, in keeping with comedy tradition, were real. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, there, there's a great if you look up what is the memory alpha uh, entry on actually Mirror Giorgio, right? Yeah. No, the the Mirror Universe uh, Giorgio entry in Memory Alpha has this wonderful thing from one of the show writers uh, that I actually saw on Twitter a year ago when he posted it, which is all the thought they put into that title, all mm-hmm. the things that it means, and also the uh, weird sort of passing um, accusations of vague racism that. Uh, that uh, we left with Hoshi in charge and now Giorgio's in charge and is like, what, so it's her mom or something? No, dummy, you're kind of being casually racist by suggesting that two Asian women have to be related. It's Mm -hmm. 100 years apart. Fucking shut up. Mm -hmm. It's just some good old-fashioned representation. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, women can be emperors too. Hashtag feminism. Why not? Actually, I like the the using emperor as a uh, genderless. Uh, oh yeah, no, they don't call her emperor, which I think they did with Hoshi because the Enterprise writers suck. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. But I think that was also to preserve the mystery. Like they, yeah. del- we talked, we pointed this out. They were using like gender neutral pronouns so that who we could it guess. be? 
Yeah. Who, you'll who could they be? You'll never guess. Uh-huh. I guessed. No. Yeah, we both guessed. Mm-hmm. But that said, and this is my good thing, you know, she was great. Michelle oh, Yeoh yeah. knows exactly what kind of episode she's in, and she looks like she's having a blast uh-huh. camping it up. And she looks like, badass. Yeah, yep. she does. I mean, as Matt pointed out last week, she's got the, the, the flower in her hair, which should ruin it. That's that's such a soft, like, traditionally feminine touch, but somehow it makes it more badass. It looks so fucking good. It does. Like, it, it kind of comes off as, like, the, um... Because all the mirror stuff is kind of based on Rome. Yeah. And it kind of comes off as, what is... There's a name for it, and I can't think of it. That little crown that, like, Caesar wore that was sort of flowery. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Oh, the, yeah. the laurel... His laurels or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was meant to evoke that, and uh-huh. it really works. Like, yeah. it really gives her that imperial look. Or her, her her whole deal, and I, you know, this is my good thing last week. Her whole deal was fu- just looking badass as hell. There's a scene where she's about to execute Michael, where she's just standing there with a big ass ornate sword, and I'm like, oh, rocks, yes. Yeah, when, and we've pointed this out before, and we'll do it again. Like when the show embraces the the dumb, over the top campiness of yeah. the mirror universe, it's kind of fun. But there's so much grim, dark, navel gazy bullshit that I just can't get into it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I would I would say the last episode, um, mm-hmm. the previous to this, was like almost ruined the mirror universe for me. This one I felt was more fun just because of Giorgio. I think if Giorgio had not been in this episode, I would have been a lot more tired of the mirror universe by now. But Well, there were, there were three different plots going on, and that was the interesting one. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. The other ones could have completely disappeared, and this could have been really the shortest episode of Star Trek, and not, like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have missed anything. Or they could have just padded out, like, honestly, with two really good characters, I'll watch two characters in a room just fine. Oh, totally. I would love to have seen more of uh, Giorgio and Michael. And this is your good thing, right, Caitlin? Yeah, really kind of piggybacks on yours. But just seeing them work together um, Mm -hmm. just was incredible. Seeing how uncomfortable Michael was, but just with these subtleties, because she's such an incredible actress, just watching her face. Yeah. Uh And and seeing Giorgio be um, this, like, motherly but scary mom kind of thing. Like, I loved those scenes. I would have loved to just watch them play that out farther and yeah. not had the reveal uh happen so quickly they could have been playing chess they could have been doing all kinds of weird stuff and talking about what's been going on while michael's been gone mm-hmm. uh and having michael have to like make shit up on the spot i would have enjoyed i don't know that. i like i i get what you're saying and i don't completely disagree but on the other hand i i'm kind of a fan of when this show sees a, a Star Trek-ass situation and just calls it out immediately. Like, oh, you're from the Mirror Universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that it's normal to these people and and you don't have to spend half the episode pretending or explaining. It's just like, oh, all right, different universe. Fine. Well, Michael and, launches into that, like, uh, okay, this. How do, I get be- how do I best get out of this yet again? Yeah. yeah. No, she's very good at that. And, and just like, also, all right, I guess I'll, I'll, go ahead. I, no, go ahead. And just like the way she flips when she's just like, okay, this wasn't working. So yeah, I'm from. I'm actually not from the mirror universe. I'm from the other uni- real universe. I don't. Well, if it's what do you if guys it's call it? The other side of the mirror. Wouldn't they also call it the mirror universe? I mean, logically, yes. But like, I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing logical about the mirror universe. Why are all the same people in the same places? What you know, like none of this makes any damn yeah. sense. <laughs> um, what what I, one of the things I liked about this whole premise, the the part of Giorgio being the evil one, is that it takes a similar idea from, and I talked about this before, a similar idea from DS9's mirror episodes 
which was uh, Cisco seeing his dead wife mm-hmm. and having to process his grief all over again. Only this time, uh, Michael's more responsible, directly responsible for her grief, first of all. Yep. Second of all, it's not a pleasant reunion like it was with Jennifer. Well, no, because this Emperor Jar is a fucking psychopath. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Mirror Jennifer was basically the same as, you know, regular mm-hmm. Jennifer. So it was just like, oh, she's still alive. Oh, that's hard. And that was that was an interesting angle there. And here they've taken that and escalated it a bit. That yeah. part I like. Because it added... helps explore that uh, relationship a bit. Yeah, and there's so much complexity because yep. she feels all this guilt also for this yep. person who is not the same person. So, like, how... Her, like, yeah, but, love is gone, but, yeah. but the guilt but remains. Because of, because of the weird rules that the Mirror Universe operates under, she is still her mother figure here, and she literally yeah. calls her mother in this universe, mm-hmm. which is, makes it extra weird. Yeah. So we, there's, there's a lot going on there. I do like all that. You're mm-hmm. right. And we know how Michael is about her feelings and, yeah. you know, Not dealing good. with them. <laughs> yeah. No. she's She can be a cold machine and a manipulative person for just about everything, but when it comes to people she cares about, she is all fucked up. Uh-huh. And really vulnerable. Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love that about her. Uh, and... Matt, what was your good thing? It's short. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> This was a this is a rough one for me. There's not there was aside from the cool stuff that we've already talked about. There's a huge chunks of this that are not interesting at all. So it's short. Well, there's three different plots going on, and that's the interesting one. There's also mm-hmm. Stamets and evil Stamets traipsing around Dreamland, which yeah. is my bad thing. Like it's more magic dream bullshit. It feels like more Bran and Braga. Like like. We're we're in a dream sequence where a character sees themselves wandering the halls of the ship. Like, uh, that's a thing we hated before, and the show should know better. Yeah. And it's just endless. And we get a tease, like, maybe Hugh's still alive. Oh, just he kidding. Isn't. No, he's not. Yeah. It's uh, it's tedious. And then we get more Laurel and Lieutenant Ash Tyler. And, uh, oh, man. And the, the, I'm so done with both of those. Like, her plan is just completely, whatever plan it was, is completely out the window and she's standing in the jail cell just like, and Saru's like, help this guy. He's like half Klingon, half human, and his brain's going completely nuts. Just do something to help him. And Laurel's mm-hmm. like, no, I won't lift a finger to help the, 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 the humans, the enemies of the Klingon Empire. I don't uh-huh. care what you do. I don't, he knows what he was getting into. And then Saru uh-huh. just beams him into, their, into her quarters and like, yeah, well, look at him. And she yeah, every time goes, oh, I feel terrible. Every time you let Saru make decisions he usually like you don't expect him to do the badass thing but he totally does yep like okay he's your problem here you go yep enjoy which is fucking rough and this whole laurel plan thing uh caitlin this is your bad thing right yeah i fucking hate her and her stupid stupid mastermind plan that she's my least favorite part of this episode and really the whole series and it's Mm -hmm. it's a small part but um the whole plan is really dumb uh it's even more dumb than after all that effort um, whatever her trigger is doesn't work for him. And now he's mm-hmm. become like this useless person that can't be her boyfriend and can't be t- uh, Michael's boyfriend either. And so mm-hmm. nobody gets to have boyfriends. And <laughs> it just seems really pointless. And uh, kind of at the end of this ep- episode, she goes from being kind of pretty badass, I would say, at the beginning of this uh, series. And then she's completely fangless, it seems like, by yeah. the end of this episode. And I don't understand that if the writers had this, you know, 
trajectory for this plot like what was the point of even creating this whole bullshit and and she she walks them through the 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 whole plan like Mm. this was the chance to to smooth all that out and explain it to us and make it make sense and they failed because yeah it's still it still doesn't make any sense they Uh -uh. said they got the dna of the real lieutenant ash tyler who was dead and they built this thing and reconstructed his his consciousness which what from a dead person what by klingons are you kidding me yeah and then and then put a Klingon inside him like a Russian nesting doll. Uh-huh. And what? Also, yeah. if you... Okay, okay. Putting all that aside, whether it makes sense or not, you got this plan, whatever it is, you're going to disguise your double agent who is supposed to be the next Takuvma. He's supposed to be, like, their leader. Yeah. Like, that's what you want him to be anyway. He's not, but you're hoping, like, he's the next great guy. And you disguise him as a, a no-name lieutenant? Like, yeah. like... Turn him into an admiral. Turn him into Georgiou. Like, that would have been dumb, too, but that yeah. would have at least been a, like, she's important. She was the captain of an important ship. Like, mm-hmm. he's nobody. He's a low-ranking nobody with PTSD who can't do a lot of things because of the PTSD. Like, there's not, like, ah, what is the point? Yeah, the whole thing seems to hinge on them being like, well, Lorca's an asshole, so we'll kidnap him, and his asshole war thing will make him want to adopt this guy. It's not a good plan. No, it doesn't make... Like, what was Ash... And maybe he was going to steal Discovery, which was the, you know, sort of the, the turning point of the war, like if the Klingons got Discovery, but... Yeah, I don't know. That that's wasn't way clear. E- that's way easier to do if the guy you send is an admiral and not, like, a lieutenant yeah. with, post- with post-traumatic stress who shouldn't be serving on a ship in the first place. Yeah, now, granted, the PTSD wasn't part of the plan. True. But, but it like, happened. And that made it worse. The uh-huh. plan was stupid. I, it definitely plan. was. No. Bad and plan. And I'm, I'm struggling. I keep hesitating because it's like I don't want to come off like he's weak because of the PTSD. No, this is the thing people go through. It's a yeah. it's a natural thing, a psychological reaction to the horrors of war. It's just it doesn't work in this fictional context with their plan is what I'm saying. Yeah. But I don't I certainly don't want to belittle you know, the condition in any way. Like, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm worried that what I'm saying sounds like I'm like, oh, and he's useless because of that. No, that's not what I mean at all. Yeah, no. He's useless because he, he's Lieutenant he's Ash Tyler. Yes. Bag salad. <laughs> salad wolf. Salad wolf. What are we calling wolf. him now? The yeah. salad wolf, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, But, and and then the reason Lorca's a dick is basically your bad thing, Matt. Yeah, um, so this is honestly my bad thing for the entire season, and it's yeah. d- it's not the first time we talked about it, which is why it wasn't my second thought, but, like, the reveal that Lorca's from the Mirror Universe ruins an in- uh, absolutely fascinating, unique character that I really loved. Mm-hmm. Just no. ta- takes this, this nuanced, fascinating guy who's, like, he doesn't fit with what we view as Starfleet, but he's a great, like, general in, like, this war, and all he cares about is winning this war, and, like, everything about him is amazing, and it just boils him down to one thing, which is evil. Yeah. No, I said this before. It My original take on him was that he was, uh, what's his name from the Doomsday Matt, Machine? Matt Decker. Matt Decker, thank you. Um... Be, like just prior to going nuts and killing everyone. Yeah. Like we're meeting we're meeting a very classic Star Trek type of character and we've seen other characters like that too, captains who've gone off the deep end. Mm-hmm. We're meeting him 5 minutes before that episode starts. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting character to explore, but instead they they did this and it's yeah. so dumb. Also, they wait so long to reveal it. He's been home 
for three episodes now, and they only, like, he never reveals it. Michael figures it out. Mm-hmm. Like, what is his plan exactly? Uh, that's the other, and I mean, I guess we'll get into that next episode, too, but, like, it seems to be use Discovery to fight Giorgio. Like, what? I guess, except it in the Stamets and Mirror Stamets scenes, they made it pretty clear that the Mushroom Drive exists there, too, because they're both trapped in the mycelial network, right? Yeah. So it's not like this is tech that they don't have. Like, Mirror Stamets is, is researching the same thing. Yeah. The whole thing is confusing, and it's confu- it's confusing for no reason. Like, it's just confusing to create to create drama in the show that it yeah, the th- last, does not work. The last, like, three episodes have ended with a big premise-changing twist that feels pointless. Mm-hmm. And that works on a good show. Like, like The Good Place does that. The Good Place blows up its entire premise three or four times a season. And yep. it's great. But that show is very well put together. This show is not. No. This and is it's disappointing. And uh, having two distinct characters both be mole, like, yeah. not who yeah, they say they are. Agents. Like, yeah. that, like, you can get, you should be able, you can get away with one of those per season. Like, even then, I would have not. I don't really like either of them, but yeah, no. both of them. And the reveals come right on top of each other. We found about Lieutenant Ash Tyler, like, you kind of had it figured out at the end of two episodes ago, but we really explored it last episode. Yeah. And then we get Lorca this episode. Like, it's just like, boom, boom. Like, okay, is anyone, you know, we talked about that already, but is yeah. anyone here where they, show they of, say they are? Show of hands, who's actually supposed to be here? Nobody? All right, fine. <laughs> yeah. Tilly is four triples in a trench coat. <laughs> It's really unfortunate, uh, too, because it really uh, undermines all this character stuff that has happened that I loved and, like, ate up. And I was just like, oh, thank mm-hmm. you, Star Trek. Thank you for giving me just what I want with all these good, good characters. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, 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 nope. Sorry. They're a cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we always have Michael. Michael is probably, I mean, it's still early. It's only 15 episodes of a show so far, but... I, I, on track to be the, one of the most compli- like complex characters Star Trek's ever had. Sure. True. Which I love. And there's Tilly, who's great. There's Saru, who's great. Mm-hmm. End of list. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we have a bunch of promising... Oh, and Stamets. Sorry. Yeah, Stamets is yeah I like great. Stamets. Yeah. And then after that, you have a bunch of promising, like, uh, Lower Decks guys who haven't been fleshed out yet, who hopefully yeah. will. But right now, those four are, like, the only characters that I'm really connected to, I think. Mm-hmm. Am I missing anyone? Not really, no. No. Because everyone else ended up being bad. I, I like um I like Admiral Cornwell and hopefully she'll show up yep. more. But she's a supporting character. I'm talking mm-hmm. like main characters. Yeah. No, that so, that's and, it. And again, a lot of the bridge crew seem promising if we get to know them better, but right now yeah. they've Which all hopefully had like, next yeah. season. Fingers yeah, we'll crossed. See. Hopefully. Uh what else? Uh that's about all I have. This might be a short episode. <laughs> I don't know. What about you guys? I really I like the intro um, of the show, not this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the intro is beautiful, and I great. watch it every time. And this yep. is the only uh, Star Trek series I've ever watched the intro to every time, which I, I think is amusing. I, I used to always watch all the other ones. I mean, I got in the habit of skipping Enterprise, obviously. Cause, uh, well, it's been a long time it's getting been from a here long to there. Time. Oh, God. No, guys, you're getting it wrong. It's been a long road. Yeah. 
See, that's because I never listened to it. 98 times and you still don't even know it. <laughs> that's how terrible it was. I heard it once. I hated it. I fast forwarded every other time. Yeah, there's there's video evidence of how much I hate it. Which I don't know if I, I mentioned that on, on the show, but uh, uh, we managed to get video of our first Discovery episode that we recorded at the, at the Pocket Theater oh, yeah. a few yeah. months ago. And the, the intro bit where we fake out and start screening Enterprise, and then I we rush the stage and, and tear the screen apart. And, uh, Al ruined his back trying yeah, to didn't fight you that thing. <laughs> injure yourself? I think I hurt my arm or something. I that don't remember, it. but it was absolutely worth it. Like, <laughs> I, get, I, I so rarely get an opportunity to do anything physical that I, I'm so excited to, you mm-hmm. know. Like, I'm sitting in my basement in front of a microphone. That's, you know, I enjoy that, but yeah. it's good to good to flail around a little sometimes. Mm-hmm. You gotta let it out. A good flail. You got hate yeah. in your heart. Let it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone now. I mean, this yeah. show bugs me, but this show's probably gonna get its act together. I hope. Yeah, I think even the things I dislike about this show, I'm still in this. Uh, I've watched this series through four times now, and oh, I wow. have not gotten tired of it. Even the things that I don't like or disagree with, they do not get me angry in the way that I was yeah. so angry in the last. Series, well, it feels so. like it feels like these writers, like it feels like their heart is in the right place. They're just they don't have it all figured out yet. But yeah. it feels like they want to write a good show. Enterprise, they they seemed so like they kept phoning it in. They kept yeah. doing plots we'd seen a million times, and they kept taking the lazy, easy, predictable way out. And this show, what like right now, my problem with this show is that it's trying to not be lazy. It's trying. Mm-hmm. It's too ambitious, honestly. Yeah, it's. Does it, it have you, vaulting you ambition? <laughs> Don't know what that means, but I'm going to say sure. Yeah, you can't say the show doesn't go for it, you know? like Yeah, no, it's trying so hard to be too many things is the mm-hmm. problem. And that's a different problem than the other ones had, which were they were coasting on fumes, you know? Yeah, and it is a first season. Like, that's always where you bang out your kinks and sort of figure yeah, out again, what you're doing. Again, this, TV doesn't work like that anymore. We've talked about this before. Like, TV does not have that long 26 episode seasons where you get seven years to work your problems out if you don't hit the ground running nobody cares you know the times they are changing yeah there's there's too many other good things to watch yeah like you got to get your shit together way sooner than you know you don't you don't have that grace period like you had especially if your show's on a stupid fucking network well yeah you have to pay for oh yeah that doesn't have anything else good on it uh I mean, we keep saying one day they're going to have uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, and also they're going to have more Star Trek shows. So, yep. But right now, you're right. There's, there's nothing. It would be nice uh, to have all else? my Star Trek in one place. I mean, mm-hmm. I would I would pay for all that service, so well, they can just do that. Their plan, they've said, is when when they get the machine up and rolling, is that there will always be a Star Trek series. Like this show will do its fifteen, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then Discovery again. And mm. that's that's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. That keeps us in podcasts. It certainly else. does. Yep. All right. Anything else? Uh, I like the ISS Sharon. Yeah. It's bringing got like a, little a bit sun the... in the middle of it or yep. something, right? Bringing a little bit of the Star Wars Empire to the Star Trek Empire. Yeah, that's fine. Giant spaceship. Yep. That's, that's pretty it. cool. All right. I got to hear someone say, Takuma, did it on <laughs> this one. So that's the only word I like to hear in... in Klingon is that guy's name. I don't know why. I love saying it. I love well, hearing it. have seen the it. series through four times. You've heard it so much that it's like a song that got stuck yeah, in your head. Yeah, it is. Takuvma. I mean, yeah. doing an impression of that dude's voice is a lot of fun. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know what's going on there, like what accent he's trying for or whatever, but I like it. It's the it's the pace to me more than anything. It is. It takes, you know, 
It's three syllables that take half an hour to say. Mm-hmm. And they take a lot of, like, effort. Like, I'm winded after I say it. Like, I need to catch my breath. <laughs> well, also, the, when they do Lieutenant Ash Tyler as a Klingon, they pitch his voice down, which I hate. I've, I mentioned that before, yeah. but, oh, it sounds so bad to me. It sounds like it's on a record that they played on the slow speed. It's just mm-hmm. so bad. Well, and it just seems stupid. Like, is does he have, like, different vocal cords in there that he's not using? Like, um... uh, I mean, Klingons a... have thousands of backup vocal cords, so... <laughs> Probably. That's why they. That's why that scream is, like, a, like a mating thing. There's, like, mm. so many complex frequencies in there that have, like, uh, like uh, audio pheromones. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I just... Yeah. That. All that fun crap. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Um, that's it for me. Da-ku-ma. That's it for Caitlin. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, in the past of the alternate future. Nice de- delivery. Thank you. Yeah. Defibrillator paddles look exactly like they do in the present universe of real life. Uh, this is the glue that holds us all together. Heart attacks be damned. <laughs> oh, right. That the uh, when um. Lorca's being agonized. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, like oh, oh, no, you're not going to die yet. We're going to keep you alive so we can agonize you some more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me get up yeah. my paddles. Yeah. Not only are they the same across universes, but you're right. They're the same as now. Yep. Like 200 Technolog- years yeah. into the future, yeah. just the same. <laughs> we can travel through freaking like mushroom space, but we still uh-huh. have to get out these paddles. Yeah, that were probably designed in the 60s or something. That mm-hmm. are unsafe enough to kill me. Yeah. There's, I, I will say, I did like, um, Lorca can be such a piece of shit in a way that because he's so charming, I love. Yep. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why we hate losing him as a character, because, you know, it's like now he's just the evil guy. He's in the pile with the evil guys. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I, there's a bit where this guy comes and extra tortures him because Lorca apparently hooked up with his sister and it did not end well. And he's like, say her name. And Lorca's like, I, I don't remember her name. There's so many women. And it's such a shitty thing, but he sells it so, like, he's such a good, awful, I don't know. I love it. Yeah, uh-huh. bad guy. Yeah, really is. All right, Matt, what do you got? Uh, in the past of the alternate future, the ganglia is the most delicious part of the Kelpian, best shared with close friends and future murder victims. <laughs> yep. They, they eat their fear boners, and they're delicious. Mm, you can really taste the fear. Uh-huh. Well, that, that might ta- make them taste better. It might make uh-huh. them taste worse, but it definitely gives them a different flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were watching Michael do this, and Caitlin pointing out all the excellent uh, face acting from Sonequa Martin-Green, as usual. Yep. And uh, also, there's the extra layer of she doesn't eat meat of any, of any kind, probably, because she was raised Vulcan. So, like, not only does she have to eat some meat, then it's like, oh, also... This is uh, that weird bit of alien anatomy off your friend. <laughs> ah, so that's fun. Of a sentient species. Yup. Good times. For, for me, in the past of the alternate future, people from the mirror universe prefer darkness. The light hurts their eyes. Get it? D- do you get it? Get it? It's because they're bad and evil is signified. There's... <laughs> The, the new season of BoJack Horseman, they're making fun of... One of the things they're making fun of is, like, these prestige dramas about antiheroes. You're sort mm-hmm. of Breaking Bad type shows. You're Sopranos, all those kind of things. And and the showrunner of this show says, the darkness symbolizes darkness. <laughs> and it's a joke on a satirical show about Hollywood. 
but it's also this show. It's also yep. just discovery. The darkness symbolizes darkness. Like, come on. The horse cartoon made that as a joke. Don't do it for real. Uh, Caitlin, you got a quote? Oh, I sure do. And it's from her gloriousness, Philippa, mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about the defiant and just being evil. I love, I love the delivery of this. Your people are dangerous. The Federation. I know it well from the Defiance files. There is a reason why they're classified. Equality. Freedom. Cooperation. Cornerstones for successful cultures. Delusions that Terrence shed millennia ago. Destructive ideals that fuel rebellions. And I will not let you infect us again. We just need access to the redacted information about the Defiant. We believe that it'll help us get back. Share it and you have my word you'll never hear from us again. Those documents will not help you. The Defiant crossed here through interfacing space, which not only resulted in a temporal anomaly, but also had devastating cognitive effects on every crew member. They went insane. They tore each other apart. I'm surprised. The same thing didn't happen to your crew. Yeah, no, it's it's like we were saying before. She knows exactly what kind oh, of yeah. episode she's in. She is, like, having so much fun just chewing the hell out of the scene. Mm-hmm. And it is delightful. Everything about so. her, um, her presence, like, whether it be her voice or her, you know, physical um, acting, like, she just yeah. nails it. She nails oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> nails it all. No, and... And in those scenes between her and Michael, it's nice because they keep pairing Michael up with Lieutenant Ash Tyler. And it's like, she's so much, she's so much of a better performer than he is. Like they need to put her in a room with someone as good as she is. Mm -hmm. And they're finally doing that. So that's good. All right. Well, that's all for this time. I think we're down to two episodes to go in this. No, three episodes to go in this season. Because one more in the mirror universe and then two after that. So. Uh, that that's an exciting thing to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. I, as I recall, we liked the last one. So yeah, no, uh, the show picks up. Well, I I, th- I remember liking the next one quite a bit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. At the end yeah. of the yeah, shit gets shit gets good. And then heading yeah. into the end of the season gets real good. Like yeah, I, re- I remember the last one being quite good because I remember yeah. at this point in the first run, I'm like maybe I don't like this show, and then it came back strong at the end. Mm-hmm. So. So we got that to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Our website is ever, posttimeacore.com. Uh, email address, posttimeacore at Gmail. We are like three weeks away from a supplemental episode. So if you have thoughts that you would like to share, please, please do. Yeah. Uh, particularly, we've yet to hear from anyone who likes the Klingons on this show. We'd love to uh, We'd love to hear a defense of that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Posttimeacore.tumblr.com. Uh, uh, I am on Twitter at Algar. Matt is at Robot Matt. And mm-hmm. that's all for this time. That's it. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.